And Tyrog is a really complicated and ever-evolving game. We patch that, we add that into our anti-rug. They get annoyed because they can't scam that way anymore. Then they figure out a new way how to bypass the anti-rug or the anti-snipe simulations. We constantly tweak our anti-rug, so we are trying to stay on the top. Scraping Bits is brought to you by the following sponsors. Fastlane Labs, Trustless MEV. MEV Protocol. Maximize your ETH staking value with MEV ETH exclusively on MEV.io and Composable. Execute any intent on any chain coming soon to Mantis.app. That is M-A-N-T-I-S.A-P-P. GM, GM, everyone. My name's Tagachi, the host of Scraping Bits. And today, I'm with the one and only Daniel co-founder at banana gun one of the leading telegram bots right now if not the leading telegram bot so welcome aboard first podcast how's it going hi happy to be here thank you for the invite of course no problem it was so hard to get a hold of you but now we're here (laughs) for the people that aren't familiar with you who are you and what do you do i'm daniel i'm the co-founder of banana gun we are one of the leading telegram based bot which got really popular because of it's sniping features, but right now almost 4,000 users using it daily for trading on Ethereum. And it's really popular for trading and sniping on Ethereum network. How did you get into this all? I feel like there was a boom in the Telegram bot stuff. Did you start while Unibot started or did you come after them? Because I remember it all kind of popped off when Maestro came and Unibot and I didn't even know you guys exist until a couple of weeks ago. I was like, oh wow, these guys dominate the market. How did I not know about this? How did you all get to this position? I think the whole Telegram craze started during the Ferrum because people just migrated to Ethereum from every chain. And they saw that Maestro is a really easy way to buy and sell tokens on Ethereum. We started developing Banana before the Pepper run, but we only started the beta at middle of June. So it was post the Pepper run. But during that run, everybody decided that making a Telegram bot is a good idea. So there were like five bots a day popping up with the token. So it was pretty insane. We actually decided to launch Banana Gun because we had this sniping and trading bot for our own use case. But we had more and more friends asking for access. And because it was a terminal-based bot, it was really difficult to onboard not-so-tech-savvy users. So explaining them how to set up a node, how to navigate in terminal, it was pain in the ass. So we decided that we need something that we can make this onboarding process easier. And then as more people wanted access, we decided maybe we should make it in the same system as Maestro did. So it would be a Telegram bot and anybody who wants to have access to the tech, they can just use it for free. And that's how it became. Interesting. It seems like it's gone really well. Even without the rich features of a Telegram bot, you're still dominating the market with almost 90% of these blocks, right? When they're available. Is that correct? Yes, we are currently dominating 89% of the launches on Ethereum. So it's pretty insane. The block zero win rate is pretty high right now. Crazy. And just before the call, we saw that a guy just tipped 300 ETH using your your bot for a snipe, which is insane. It's a ton of money. 
because it's just a snipe, right? And it's not even atomic. So they just paid 300 E for basically a gamble. It's so crazy. Honestly, the risk factor, it's unreal. He bought 297 ETH and he tipped 303 ETH to get there. It's crazy. Oh my God. That's like 660K in today's value to snipe a token. But he made profit, right? Like he must have made profit from that. Must have been like first one in at that point. Yeah, he was the first one. I think when we checked it, he was at 200 ETH profit. I'm not really following the chart, but it's insane. Imagine the validator, how happy he must be. <laughs> just an, an injection of 600,000. He just made life-changing money. And it's so sad because the builders, they had to tip all that anyway as well. So it's like a, a tip for a tip. I think it was sent to Tyson. They've tipped like 600 ETH today and only made like 6 ETH in profit. Which is still great, but like relative to 600, I mean, not so much. True PvP. <laughs> it's true PvP and then the validator is <laughs> like, cheers guys. But the core of your product is sniping, really just the core. And you're looking to do some other interesting stuff like going multi-chain and copy trading. I think copy trading is quite interesting. Tracking like the influencer wallets to see what they're doing, that you could snipe when they snipe. Because they're obviously doing insider trading. So if you like identify them, you could easily just front run the insider trading. That'd be pretty funny. Yeah, I think copy trading is a cool feature. The reason why we didn't launch it sooner because we are from the DGEN space, so we were trading before banana gun i honestly rarely use copy trading as a feature because i was tracking a lot of wallets a lot of these influencer wallets but i always did by due diligence when i saw a transaction and i had to quickly check why they were buying or it's something good that they're buying or is it too late to buy it because friends and family was already in and they were just pumping the chart with their public wallet so yeah. i never really used copy trading and for that reason we never really prioritized it to be honest but we are seeing that people use it a lot we recently had a trading competition called Banana Olympics, where we asked our best traders to start their portfolio from one Ethereum and how much they can do in three weeks. The first few guys were copy trading so hard that it was unbearable at some point. So we realized that, damn, we should have made the copy trade feature before the competition because so many people would have used it. So yeah, we are going to launch it soon, but it was not a priority for us. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting because the copy trading, if they knew they were getting copy traded, they would fake buy. They'll buy a new token and just rug them. You could probably yeah. do that. So many people do that. It's a double-edged sword in that regard. But I still think it's cool to track wallets that are like whales or people that are successfully, consistently winning because then you can kind of build like some data on it of Okay, why is the success? Is there a correlation with something? How are they always finding winning trades and understand their strategies through that? I mean, it makes sense because just the number one guy in the trading competition did 2K to 700 something K in three weeks. So it makes sense to copy trade them. You can make that much money in three weeks, then hell yeah, I will copy trade them. So I understand it, but I've also been on the other side when people were following you and they were copy trading you and front running you, and it can be a pain in the ass as well. So kind of a double-edged sword. But I guess if you're doing private transactions, you can't really get copy traded though. Mm. That's insane though, to pay to 700, it's ridiculous. We did a written AMA with the guy and it 
told a lot of his strategies and how he's trading. So new users and users with lower portfolio could start learning to trade the same way as he did. So it was pretty insightful and helpful, I think. How did you get rich in six weeks? In three. <laughs> oh yeah, three weeks. That's yeah, my bad. Speaking on another gun. Since you came into the game with just a single feature, right, that really dominated everything, you're competing against entire MEV-dedicated teams that are trying to snipe the same thing. So you must have, like, underlying MEV infrastructure. So why did you even decide to do the SaaS anyway if you could have just done it by yourself as a sniper yourself and not need any competition anyway? You could have been that guy with 300 tips. <laughs> <laughs> so the underlying idea of why we made this tech public is because there were some friends who we wanted to allow to use the tech because they are friends, we help each other and why not? And it was like a group of 30-ish people. And after that, some of those friends were like, can we invite one or two friends and then one or two? Uh, and then it was just constant requests then we decided like okay fine then let's do it this way because the space is not really only about sniping the winner of the competition didn't snipe as much as he manual traded so he made more on manual trading than on sniping sniping is really a pvp game ever since e 2.0 because before that your infrastructure made, it was a lot of priority. And the faster you were, the earlier you got in. You were not bribing ever since the change. It was all about bribes and the infrastructure is not that important anymore. So this was the underlying reason why we started Bananagan. But the reason it got really popular is because we made sniping easy. Before sniping was really complicated, you had to either have a really good simulator or had a basic understanding of solidity. So you can check what is the max transaction, which is the first safe block, what is the method that the contract will be launched with. But with Bananagan, we made it really simple. You had to paste in the contract address, give the investment and the bribe amount, and then just hit enter. And we will buy in the first save block and you don't have to do anything else. It became really easy to snipe while before you had to have some technical knowledge and some understanding of the solidity to be a good sniper and actually fire and yeah. don't get wrecked. Run the nodes and all that stuff. So you basically just created like a super efficient underlying infrastructure allow people to use it and that's a big thing because <laughs> you know people ask me to build bots for them i'm like if i was doing a good bot i would just use it myself <laughs> but yeah another thing i saw is a lot of people have like the anti-rug feature which is pretty broad because a rug can be so many different things especially in the sniping game it's historically known for having toxic tokens and toxic lps like salmonella for example it's not just a static piece of code as well it's it's something that is always changing like people can do custom bytecode that adheres to like interfaces and so you would never know if you're a user right you still have the front end so they will never know even bots because that's a really difficult thing if it's custom bytecode and it's not adhering to anything like storage slots from not in the same spot or maybe it's a an action that gets triggered after a certain context so like let's say in the liquidity pool there was 100k and it has to go to 200k for 
it to stop accepting withdrawals. The token just wouldn't transfer. I did a couple of experiments in this realm and it was really interesting, but these are like really hard problems to solve because it's dynamical and it's not always gonna be in the same spot or be in a similar situation. I think a lot of people just simulate bounce before and after. And that's kind of, oh, is there a tax? I mean, a tax can be applied in different scenarios. So how do you really go about that problem? Mm, Anti-rug is a really complicated and ever-evolving game, I feel. It's kind of like a cat and mouse game. We figure out scammers' way of how they're scamming with a new way. We patch that. We add that into our anti-rug. They get annoyed because they can't scam that way anymore. Then they figure out a new way how to bypass the anti-rug or the anti-snipe simulations and stuff like that. So it's really annoying. And with private transactions, it became... A bigger issue because yeah. obviously you cannot front run private transactions. So they just remove the liquidity with private transactions and then everybody's screwed. So it's really annoying. We constantly tweak our anti rug. So we are trying to stay on the top. But those that you mentioned, the delayed honeypots, are really pain in the ass because they don't really call a function. Yeah, it's just like contextual. Like if a state is in a specific state, it goes to a different if statement. Yes, it's not easy, but we are proud of our anti-rug. We still have some issues with the delayed honeypots, so we are not perfect on that front, but we are constantly improving and working for it to be the best one. If it's not a private transaction and if it's not a state change, we are front-running all kind of scammy behavior, even if it's from an external contract. We are still front-running every possibility. And because we are sending bundles, we can often front-run rugs with high way as well. Because the more people are in the front run bundle, the bigger chance we have to actually front run a big way rug. Yeah, it is quite difficult. I think since I did fuzzing and stack analysis before, I kind of touched it a little bit. It is a really difficult problem. And I'm curious if people are building like the same tools internally, like going through each possible function pathway in a token or the LP and, and seeing how that plays out. You never know. There's always something in it, especially in the LP sniping game it's you see the most insane contracts i've seen one of like 20 different if statements it was like tax and time bound and so many conditions for different execution paths it was really really weird but you know it's a super lucrative thing and that's why it's a as you said a cat and mouse game like if you get in early and it's a legit thing you can make an insane amount of money but if you're not you're the exit liquidity basically (laughs) for both the guy that gets an early and slash or the creator that's maybe trying to rug you. So it's like this trinity of guy that actually makes money from the rugger. The rugger makes profit from all the other guys. (laughs) Guys just being exit liquidity. It's hard. It's really PvP out there. Like most of the guys, most of the people who are in this space and not as experienced as this crazy briber, many people lose money. So it's not easy. I understand that you have to practice and learn the tricks to not be exit liquidity, not just copy trade influencer posts and and shields. So it's not easy. I understand that it's really, you either fight with the insiders or you fight with the scammers. So it's hard, but you can catch some crazy gains if you become good at it or if you're lucky. Oh yeah, you can just make money out of thin air. It's like a better way of gambling. We don't condone those. 
But man, like, have you ever thought about adding like different MEV strategies to this order flow that you're getting, not particularly sandwiching or, or front running them, your users, but maybe back running an hub opportunity possibly, or even like expanding beyond this and just starting an MEV searching team or even your own builder? We played with the idea, but we decided that it's best to focus on what you're good at and make sure that the tech stays relevant and stays competitive before we explore other ideas because we are only on ethereum i think we have a lot of work before we can even think of some other stuff like other mev backrunning arp or anything of that sort so i think for the upcoming one to two years we are definitely not going to go in any of those directions mm, interesting yeah i think about people using the product it's, it's good because you do private transactions and people don't necessarily know about that if you're like retail just normal trading and so they won't get hit by jared <laughs> jared the sandwicher you know like he's just a menace out there but if you're doing private transactions you can't get hit so that is a giant upside i think that should actually be on like your front page <laughs> yeah i think it's really important to make the tool ready for the retail onboarding that's what we are working on because we have a lot of DJs in our daily trades and they love it because it's fast. They can have an advantage and they are competitive using Belaragan. But we are also working so when the retail comes, it will be an easy onboarding process for them. We are constantly improving the user experience so it's not confusing for them. That's why our private transaction is default. You don't have to toggle on and off. It's just there and you don't have to worry about it. And we are trying our best to make Banana Gun as accessible for them as possible. Hmm. And obviously, there's with Bananagon, you have to manage all these user profiles, right? Or are they just putting in their private key and that enables them to, to do these transactions? Or is it more of like a permit approved scenario, just like Uniswap? Right now, it's the private key route. And I understand it's a risk factor and not your token stuff. And I completely understand this approach. And we are developing a web app which will have multiple options for this risk tolerance. So users who don't want to share their private key, they don't have to. They can either connect to the terminals via Wallet Connect, or in the later stage, we will introduce account abstraction. It's good, but I think it's not at a stage where you can use it as efficiently as you can use Bananagar right now, and it's not really retail friendly. So we are working on a solution that will be understandable for the retail as well. So it's difficult because obviously we are really fast at execution and we can automate a lot of stuff because we have access to the private keys. And that won't be the case if you're connecting to the terminal via Wallet Connect. But with account abstraction, I believe we can achieve something similar and that's our plan so anyone who wants to use banana gun they can just decide which risk they are willing to take and what are the benefits or the disadvantages for certain type of risk tolerance yeah it's an interesting thing because i've always been if you're technical you would never be like i don't want to give my private key away maybe there's something where they can pass in the funds to a contract and then the contract is i don't know yeah it's a problem actually <laughs> But yeah, people do it though. 
Full trust. Yeah, it's the trust me bro thing, but I don't really like it. So we are working on solutions so you don't have to trust us, bro, all the time. It's hard, but we are working towards it because for retail, I think it would be important to not normalize sharing private keys, but for DGENs, they accept the risk, so they are fine with it. They only use play money on these wallets, so you don't have to keep your net worth on wallets yeah. like this. Your entire lifetime of money. Yeah, except this 600 ETH guy. Yeah, yeah, he's he's balling. <laughs> <laughs> I saw Unibot actually got hacked this year. I think it was with a contract, though. Maybe it was private key, who knows? It was a while ago. It was their router. Oh, the router. Yeah. It, was, it was their router. Both Maestro and Unibot got exploited for a similar issue in their router to something with the approve function. Oh, yep, yep. I mean, that's probably contributing to why people would prefer you guys, though. You don't want to be associated with someone that just got exploited. Yeah, it was an unfortunate situation, but thankfully both of the teams resolved it pretty quickly. Yeah, it's so hard to find. When you get exploited, it's difficult to even make an impact of finding them because then you have to spend more money than you get out of it trying to find this person which could be in like for example russia and then there's no expedition policy and so just gg or if they're in let's say like iran or something well now you have to get like a lawyer over there and all this other stuff and it's just like way not worth it it's an interesting thing <laughs> i think you just gotta have security at the forefront of your mind at all times i was also interested because you get like a ton of order flow right and you can see when these guys are like doing it like sending you these transactions and what context they're in especially if they're all sending it to like a single tra- single contract there's a ton of data there have you ever wondered if you could do something with that data in any way not really in the beginning, we were logging a lot of stuff because we were still kind of buggy and we had to have a lot of logs so we can troubleshoot easier and fix stuff faster. But the last couple of months, we were not logging anything or not much. We have some logs post snipes. So if the user has an issue with the snipe, then we can help them resolve. Most of the mm. time, it's just user error or telegram api issue but we haven't really thought of doing anything with the logs because our focus is user inclusion rate we just want our users to have the fast and best execution and that's what we focus on interesting it's really just an infrastructure play because for you to be more competitive than everyone else in the telegram bots we got to have better infrastructure and faster retrieving everything quicker and getting it out faster but that's also against like the mev teams as well which is very interesting but maybe they just don't uh participate in sniping because it's a higher risk you know you're just like that guy that you know throws 600k up front for a gamble of okay let's see if we make more money I mean, obviously it played out super well, but it's not like atomic arbitrage or any kind of back running where it's guaranteed. But I think people look into like multi-chain, cross-chain stuff. Have you ever wondered if you can do something like this? I know multi-chain's on your roadmap. Yeah, multi-chain is on our roadmap and we are actively checking which (laughs) chain picks up in volume. Uh, Like right now, Solana is pretty hot and we are monitoring if it stays hot or it's just a bunk phase. But we are, after the web app, we will actively work on supporting multiple chains. That is a goal for us. Interesting. I mean, you could get a, I'm really like obsessed with this data though. Because <laughs> if it's like private transactions, 
I wonder, uh, do you send like multiple bundles as well by any chance? Or is it like one big bundle? For snipes, it's one big bundle. For manual trades, it's one bundle per user. Okay. Yeah, and the reason why we have an advantage with snipes as well is because the more people use Benelagan, the bigger the bundle is. Yeah. And the, the tip is more. So obviously the reason why we are winning this many block zeros is because we have a large user base, a large Degen user base who likes to snipe. And that's hard to build up in my opinion. Yeah, the network, and it's it's something you can't pay for to some degree. You buy marketing, but you don't really have any, you know, marketing though. You just have Twitter. Yeah, we don't have. We are really bad at our marketing. <laughs> like imagine. Yeah, I agree. To this day, we haven't really spent any money on marketing. Everything is word of mouth and just friends sharing with friends. But we understand that we are lacking on that front, and we should really get our shit together. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like the the bundle stuff, it's interesting because this is what like MEV teams want. They want like this order flow. And so I, I guess I've seen some speculation that you know, Telegram bots produce more MEV than search of bundles like Jared, which is true. If you have all this order flow that is sent in private transactions, oh, I guess it's sniping, uh, maybe. But yeah, I don't know how many MEV teams would want to do like that kind of interaction of new tokens like scam coins but <laughs> if there is like that many transactions yeah it makes sense that builders would want to include it and you have to build a community and you have to probably subsidize at the beginning so i don't know yeah if it's really worth it yeah like, it's a hard job i mean you guys started with a i guess just like a bunch of friends but did you subsidize at all or it was just like you Nada. had tons of money <laughs> Yeah, it's just friends teaching yoloing their network. Yeah, a lot of people hate us because they think that we are extracting liquidity from the Ethereum network because we allow bribing and stuff like that. But I believe that this was a natural way how the market goes since ETH 2.0. This is the edge you can have, which is bribing. So it's not that we enabled it or made it easy. Yeah, it already existed. You're just kind of helping people do the technical things. Interesting. Yeah, bots are, bots are really nice. I was thinking of doing one as well because the limit order stuff is quite good. And you have this as well, like the sell bot. But like if you buy a shitcoin and you want to do a limit order or whether it's a sell or buy, that's something that like Uniswap doesn't have. So it, ma- it makes a lot of sense that if you're holding a shitcoin, you go to bed, you don't want to wake up with it at zero. <laughs> Just happened a few times to me. <laughs> 90% of the shitcoins go to zero overnight or just when you decide not to watch it. So limited orders are really a neat functionality that we offer. And uh, I think more people should use it because it's easy and programmable. You don't have to watch it 24-7. Mm. I wonder what like the Telegram bots would have been in DeFi Summer with all the, all the master chef farming token <laughs> it would have been insane even during the bsc craze it would have yeah. been insane with like the pancake swap oh that was a ridiculous time it was i think they just got like instant injected like 100 mil or something yeah, everyone that just walked to it. even talking about like the farms the farms with the apys of like hundreds of thousands for <laughs> 
I mean, Good that makes times. Sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was. I dream of those days every night. Give me a chance, please. I swear to God, I won't lose it all again. Just one more time. One more run, please. <laughs> I mean, like I, I was even thinking this. You have LP sniping with the tokens, but you also like you have you have farming, like farm sniping, where you can like scan for a new master chef coming out, buy that token, and then go deposit into that farm to get ridiculous rewards maybe before they even have a website so you just kind of farm it like you just put like one token in or one way of, of token in and i mean then you have the entire pool it's really riskless but those days are over though i wonder what the next craze is going to be that, that the DeFi summer thing was insane when sushi came out and then everybody cloned sushi and pancake oh man that was an insane high yeah, that was insane. And I think at the time, not many people were this advanced in trading and with bots and stuff. But I couldn't imagine how much money we could have made if we would have the same stack as we have right now, just in 21 or yeah. even 20 have been insane. And it's not difficult to make those bots, I think. It's just... You have to see what is the next thing, what is the next craze, and just adopt. That's why we will we will focus on Banana Gun and not go to other MEV strategies. It's because we constantly have to see what is the meta and what people are doing, and we have to be able to adopt easier and not wait months to launch something that's needed in the market, but be fast about it. So we really want to stay in this space and just see what is the next one and we quickly adapt. I think doing an MEV team is kind of not the best strategy because the opportunity cost, like the risk reward actually is is not the best. Like if you lose, if you're not the best and you don't get anything or you just spend so much money and getting nothing in return. But if you do do it all, I mean, you're competing with giant firms, right? Like, like Wintermute and like symbolic and whatever else there is um especially when institutions come in it, it becomes like an insanely difficult game whereas something like what you're, you guys are doing it's, it's like a sass and even if these guys come in people would still use it maybe you'll just wind down a feature like sniping because it might not be as fast as the institutions but you would you could still have normal manual trading and copy trading and all that other stuff so it's a, it's a better long-term play for sure yeah i completely agree have you seen any like really crazy things that have happened during your time? Obviously, we just saw that one, that guy. I'm sure there's way more and like, I guess, war stories, to, to put it simply. There are some crazy stuff happening. I don't really remember specific cases, but we can see some crazy snipes. There was one snipe a few weeks ago where one guy by mistake, misplaced a number and instead of 7.5 ETH, he bribed 75 ETH. That's so all stuff like that happens. But what's really interesting and I really enjoy watching is how people start max bidding stuff because they see some volume on some debt token or some low volume token and people start buying and everybody's going crazy and everybody's max bidding that token because they think it's insider trading or insider mm-hmm. token. And it's really insane to see them. They are usually pump and dumps, like 
really bad pump and dumps, but there are some exceptions and it's it's nice to see. What I really enjoy about this is that you understand that these guys are grinding and checking the next edge. So they are not buying because somebody posted on CT, they see on chain volume and they go after it. So I enjoy watching that and seeing that happen in real time. It's exactly what I did in DeFi summer. Oh, I just copied people on Twitter. <laughs> it worked. Did really well, man. Like I, I remember buying Ample Forth one time. That was like before it exploded into like $1.6 billion in market cap. I bought it like 20 mil and <laughs> Insane. I wrote it all the way up and all the way down. Story of our life. Yeah. I think like stuff like that in a bull market, you could, you could have like a automatic sell, like a, I don't know, some analysis of when to sell. And maybe it's like not the best, but better than losing everything because uh, greed like takes over once you see it all go up, right? Yeah, easy to say now. Let's wait until you are in that phase. And if you can sell or you think it will 10x day and don't sell. Yeah, I think that would be a cool feature, but I know how difficult that is to, to create. You mean sure. auto selling stuff or yeah, what yeah. do you mean? Like uh, you eventually break even, uh, it like goes up, but you don't really know when to sell. You don't set a, a, a limit order, like a stop loss or anything. And it just like, keeps going. Maybe it does like automatic stop loss. Maybe that would be good. There are trailing stop losses that you can implement, but it's also tricky. I feel like an automatic, like once you break even, it implements like an auto stop loss and it just keeps following you as it goes up, stops when it goes, breaks it. But I think it's hard to do though, because you never know. People like insta dump and then it insta buys up like a second later. So it just wrecks you. It's hard. But I mean, if you can figure that out, that's a lot of money. <laughs> right now, with Telegram, we are pretty limited because of what Telegram offers and what we can offer in the bot. But we are building our web app, our web terminal. And I think the possibilities there are pretty unlimited. So whatever we think is doable, we can probably do it there. While on Telegram, we are limited to great limits, too many buttons in a oh, yeah. interface too much information you cannot hide the information that is not needed for you so it's hard to do crazy stuff there but with the web app i think we can go pretty nuts and i'm pretty excited about it because finally we can go nuts mm, interesting yeah the web app would be cool kind of like unibots one that one's like pretty crowded though but i'm not a trader though so but do, do you guys do any like routing as well like i guess if someone wanted to sell Maybe there's a good exit strategy of like the most efficient routing to get to something. Even you could do like a, this is another thing. You could do like liquidity sniping as well. It, it like automatically converts into an LP, puts deposits it. And if someone, let's say like a whole bunch of snipers come in, then it can kind of gain all the fees, like JIT strategies basically, but for retail, maybe it's not a giant amount of money, but who knows? Maybe someone's interested in it. Yeah. Well, we are not offering this right now, but... If it picks up or if it makes sense, I don't think it's difficult to implement it. But regarding routing, right now we are not doing aggregation or AMMs. We are just finding the best pool that is available on Uniswap, SushiSwap, or some other swaps. And that's the pool that we use for buy and sell. 
So we simulate the best pool, and then that's where we buy from. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, it's an interesting game. I, I always wanted to build my own because I hated doing manual trading, but now I just degen all into one token. <laughs> now it's just like my entire life savings in one token, praying to God it goes up. <laughs> Good strat. Good strat, yeah. Now I just have to monitor <laughs> one thing. The dashboard and the web app would be really good, though, it, like monitoring positions and whatnot. Yeah, because you're not limited by rate limit, and you can show stuff that you're interested in there. So if you don't want some widgets, then you can just hide it there from there because you don't use it. You're not a sniper. You don't need that widget, for example. You just want to monitor your tokens that you can just show those widgets on the dashboard or the terminal. And there are some users who really hate Telegram bots because of the interface. They can't get used to it. They are not as fast with it. So this will open a possibility for those users to just trade on the terminal so they don't have to suffer through Telegram and they can still enjoy the benefits of Banana Gun. Yeah, definitely. What do you think is next for Banana Gun and your career as well? Where do you see this going? I really think that Banana Gun's future is to be the go-to platform if anybody wants to trade meme coins on any relevant chain. And that's what we are working towards. So we will have multiple platform opportunities on multiple chains. And if a retail user comes and he wants to trade meme coin, then the first thing he will do is sign up for Belenagon and buy through our platform on any platform, Telegram, web app, mobile app, anything. Yeah, I think having like your own designated app for like a phone. Yeah, I think for the phone particularly, but for a desktop, web app is fine. But yeah, for a phone, I think, I don't know. I don't know what's best. But then again, I'm not a designer <laughs> and I only start companies, so... I have to see it continue to dominate. It's a really good empowering tool for those that aren't technical and need this kind of stuff to, to enable them. And I think it's doing better for the ecosystem of preventing front running as well and sandwiching because it is private transactions. Honestly, I feel we have to have tools like this in DeFi so we can help retail users not to get scammed as much as possible because there are unreal amount of scams and honeypots on every chain daily and if we can offer some stuff that we can automatically save the retail users from i think that's an insane edge for the whole DeFi market in general because a lot of people don't come because they just hear all the horror stories all the rugs all the drains all the honeypots and i understand like even my close family sees that I was successful or I am successful and they want to come and try their luck and I tell them don't come because it's if you can't learn all this stuff or you can't have experience you will get wrecked and this is what we are working towards so I think making DeFi a safer place should be a top priority for every project or every protocol so we can onboard more and more retail users when the bull comes. Yeah, 100%. I think it's a critical piece of infrastructure. I hope it continues to grow and serve people so they don't get wrecked. But I think that's another... Maybe you should partner up with some cybersecurity people because it makes sense if they have like their own tools that work, like maybe AI tools. 
I mean, that, that would be really great. It's a difficult game. And I think the private transaction stuff has made it a lot harder, especially for the rugs. That's like the major thing. I guess if it was sent to a public mempool, that there's people like BlockSec, which have their own, I guess, transaction hack prevention stuff. But that's only for public mempools, though. So it's very limited. But man, I'm super excited to see how it all progresses and hopefully you continue to dominate and help people not get wrecked <laughs> when they, as they invest in DeFi. Because without DeFi, there's really nothing. We'll go back to CeFi. So it is critical. And that's boring. DeFi is much more fun. Yeah, I want to I wanna lose my life savings on Pepe. I want to tell my children that. <laughs> I think it's crucial. And that's why we are also developing private endpoints. So protocols that are offering any kind of swap that we want to help them and offer them our safety features that we are offering right now with our trades, anti-meth, anti-rog, reorg protection, honeypot protection, simulating the transaction if it's sellable if the user buys so all this kind of stuff we want to offer for other projects as well so if they have a swap but they don't have the capacity to advance their swaps this way then we can just offer them our router and they can route the transaction through our router and the user will be safe this is without sharing the private key so I think it could be an advantage for the whole DeFi. 100%. Hopefully it all comes into fruition and continues to do what you do. Man, I think it's a, this is a very informative call and I'm super appreciative of you coming on, especially since never doing a podcast or not really being a public figure at all. So I really appreciate your time, man. Yeah, I was pretty nervous, but I think <laughs> it was fun. Thank you so much, Daniel, for jumping on. Thank you for the opportunity. If you want to chat anytime, I'm available. If you see another crazy briber, just hit me up. Let's chat. <laughs> Let's figure out what they did, how much they did, because it's fun to see unchained detectives for 2023. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's super, just super fun seeing unchained stuff. But yeah, I'll definitely hit you up and we'll, we'll talk again for sure in the future and hopefully another podcast. Down the line. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sounds good. Thank you for okay. having me once again.